You're listening to the Racing Virginia Podcast. Now, here are your hosts. I'm Dave C. And I'm Brandon Brown. And this is episode 103. 103. That's not bad. No. We're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Uh, Get, getting where? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a lot more episodes. <laughs> there we go. The uh, Today's show, folks, we got a great one. Really do. A great story. This, this cat had a terrible end of his 2020, and we'll talk about that with him. And of course, he just came off a really good run at Daytona, where he led some of the ARCA race and finished six, which tied his career best ARCA finish. They were calling him a speedway ace. It's oh, yeah. Of, yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, so we'll, we'll talk to him. Of course, he is Christianburg, Virginia's Derek Lancaster. Very cool. Great show for you. Absolutely. And as always, we have an open segment. Uh-huh. Need to name it. Need to give a name to it or something. Uh, I, I have some ideas. Okay. I'll talk to you about okay. it after the show. Uh, road course, Daytona. Yeah. I liked it. Good racing. I thought that, I, I'm, I'm not going to, um, somebody's probably going to kill me for this, but I thought it was almost better than the round track Daytona race. I, it, it was I, that good. It was really good. I, I think it could have been a little bit better. And I understand why NASCAR did it. But I would like to have seen the teams decide on how that race was won by either choosing to go to rain tires or to say, oh, you know, it's only raining in a little place yeah. over here. Because at Daytona, it's funny. It could be raining in turn three and not raining anywhere else. Yeah, it's that big. And I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of interview, uh, a lot of commentary about it. And a lot of them have said the same thing, but th- that they understand why it happened the way it yeah. did. The rule book. It's in the rule book. <laughs> they need to change the rule book. Yeah. Well, you know, because unless, and, and this is like IMSA. Yeah. Daytona 24 hour. They, uh, uh, unless it is a monsoon, they don't throw the yellow. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, if we're going to do, you know, we've got more and more road courses. Yep. We need to start thinking like that. That, you know, now the teams have to start strategizing. Yep. Do I go to rain tires? Do I not go to rain tires? When to come in. When, when to come in, when know. to not come in. Yep. I mean, that's. Staying out. So, but it was a good, I thought it was a really, really good race. Yeah. And really, really good for our <laughs> Racing Virginia guys, yeah, too. Yeah. Let me say, let me say this way. I, I keep talking myself out of bets. I, I, I had the, I had, was bet MGM, which yeah. is the official partner of NASCAR. Yeah. That I had a $50 free bet. Yeah. But I said, well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well pick a little bit of a long shot. Yeah. I had, I had the cursor on Christopher Bell. Oh, look at you. The cursor on Christopher Bell switched over to Stenhouse. Why Stenhouse? He's not good at road courses. Or was it? No. Was it? No, well, maybe not. Still, no. I, 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 somebody I, somebody yeah, else. I bounced between a bunch of guys <laughs> yeah. in the back of the pack. Man, you you could have made a little chunk of change on O.C. Bell getting his yeah, first he was, win. He, he was like a plus 2,500. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you could on a $50 bet. You could have, yeah. On, on a free $50 yeah, bet. Yeah, exactly. Not your money. No. Yeah. So. Oh, man. But we, yeah, we did have some great yeah. finishes. Yeah. Start, we'll start with the cup race. Uh, Denny Hamlin. The future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finished third, but a couple of the other uh, racing Virginia representatives, uh, Matt D driving for the Wood Brothers finished 37th after getting uh, some damage and some stuff. And Quinn Huff, uh, or Quinn Huff, I should say, blew up and finished last. Um, however, in the Xfinity Series race, Jeb Burton getting another top five. Good for Jeb. Brandon Brown, not me. Yeah. Finishing eighth, Matt Mills getting a P nineteen. So we had a we had a really good uh, racing Virginia representation in Daytona. Something else that's really good in racing Virginia was uh, the fact that uh, the governor's announcement. Yes, on Wednesday. Um, I watched it eleven a.m. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, you sent me the link, so I, I watched it too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Dave, where are you watching this at? And I'm like, we got to see it um, right now. As we stand right now, as we yeah. sit, uh, a thousand people for outdoor events, but by it doesn't include it doesn't include competitors and yep and uh, crew members, which is good that that excludes them. Yeah, so they're over there, and then hopefully by April first, we can open up to thirty percent of capacity. Which you know that that is huge that's for every, huge for that all would be of huge the local for South tracks. Boston uh, Motor Mile. I mean everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, like South Boston didn't run at all last year, like yeah. us. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I mean, it's great for 
us and South Boston for sure, because now there, there's some hope, although we're ra- we're racing no matter what yeah. this year. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but even better that you can, you can get a whole bunch more folks through the door and do it safely and do all that good stuff. Before we go any further tickets, yeah. tickets. Yeah. Richmond tickets. and Martinsville. So, so right now at, uh, at Richmond, um, we are working through how many people now we can be, have, you know, through the doors and, uh, we can get, uh, get people starting to, to buy tickets to, uh, to the races for Martinsville and, uh, and Richmond, um, martinsvillespeed.com and richmondraceway.com. What else we got, man? We got a lot of, a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of schedule announcements coming out, uh, uh, Winchester, Virginia speedway a lot of good stuff coming out from them and then we got uh, um a couple cool uh everybody's everybody's yeah they're rolling them out right now i haven't rolled mine out yet come on dave i'm waiting for a thumbs up okay i, I forgot to send it to you didn't i yeah you did yeah i asked you didn't send it that, that's my fault it really is yeah anyway um also, our buddy Vaughn had a couple of cool, uh, cool announcements over. He called over me the other day. He didn't really? Yeah, call just, me. Just added he the texted blue. me. He texted me. Just, how you doing? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, he texted me. Um, the old uh, proverbial: "We need to have lunch." You made me lose my train of thought. Oh, Jimmy Walker back as race director over there. Very cool. And uh, and Justin Kern, uh, good friend of the show. They hired him over there as well. Yeah, as the media director. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah, he's a good writer. Yeah, absolutely. Knows motorsports. Good guy too. Shout out to uh, shout out to Justin Kern. Write a story about us. <laughs> exactly. It's not a shameless plug, is it? Absolutely not. Time to go to the phone line. I always say phone lines, but mm-hmm. we don't only have one. It, that is true. <laughs> and it's not really a yeah. line. It's more of a uh, digital signal. Yeah, exactly. To be honest to with be you. To be honest with you. Uh, we, have a great, uh, we have a great guest, as we said, in the open. Uh, he is the driver of the number 25 Chevrolet late model stock car. And the number twenty nine Toyota Camry in the Arca Menard series. In fact, you probably saw him at the the Daytona race, the Lucas Oil two hundred. It was uh, led a few laps and uh, finished sixth. He is Mister Derek Lancaster. How you doing, Derek? Pretty good, man. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Oh man, it's been it's a pleasure. We we are as we always say blessed to have such a great group of drivers from the state of Virginia. It, it, sometimes it kind of uh surprises us when we see a name in a in like a, a national touring series and we go what another virginian and you know like that, you guys are everywhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're multiplying yeah, there's, like, a lot of great, there's a lot of great drivers that come out of virginia it, yes they do and and you're one of them so let's talk a little about uh, for those folks that don't know who Derek lancaster is give us a little brief history of how you got into racing and how you got to where you are now you know since i was a young kid another virginia racer ronnie thomas from here in christiansburg uh my parents were friends with his mom and dad you know we traveled all over the country as, as small kids watching ronnie race uh in the cup series he run you know the bush series back then then he dropped back because of financial situations and run late model won many races, won the Martinsville race, won North Wilkesboro. You know, my dad raced himself. Uh, and at 15 years old, I decided, uh, you know, I wanted to get off of a go-kart uh, and get into cars. And it's been pretty much ever since. The, you know, the, the late model stock division itself is very competitive. And it's been very competitive, especially out in the western part of the state. Uh, you know, Phil Morris. <laughs> Uh, what is he six or seven time national champion, something like that? And uh, so, I mean, you've had to race against many of these guys. Talk a little about the kind of competitor gr- uh, group you have that out there in the western part of the state. Well, you know, all over North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, you know, we've had to race against Lee Pulliam, Philip Morris, uh, Chris Van Dyke. You know, the t- toughest competition around. Uh, Mike Looney. Mike Looney's here week in and week out. He's very tough. He and I have raced 15 plus years together. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of great drivers. Now you got Kyle Dudley, uh, Forrest Reynolds. He came through the ranks at Motor Mile. You know, you've got a lot of guys who raced against Anthony Barnes in the limited division. 
you know, there's just a lot of real tough guys in this area that you had to race with. And you just, you had to learn quick. If you didn't, you were going to get run over. And and it's the same thing as here in the eastern part of the state for sure. Uh, the, you know, uh, last year, COVID was, I mean, it was terrible for everybody. Uh, because of where you live, though, you uh, were had the chance to actually race in, in Tennessee. Uh, Kingsport Speedway uh, is just a hop, skip, and a jump from where you live. Uh, but last year wasn't the greatest well i'm not gonna say it was a bad year but it wasn't a great year it ended it ended in a bad situation you had a really tough a serious accident uh august 7th i believe it it was where uh you kind of made contact within the car and then hit the wall you walked away from that but when you got to the uh, your hauler <clears throat> your wife being a nurse i think she recognized that you need to go to the hospital and you you had some serious injuries uh had a uh what is it up uh my, my notes suffered a hairline fracture at the base of your skull which they call the hangman's fracture talk about what that what, what was going through your mind at that point you know kingsport speedway is a, a very fun racetrack it's about two hours and 10 minutes from our shop here in christiansburg you know it's not not as close as motor mile which is 10 or 15 minutes away we, we love going to uh, Kingsport. We had uh, traveled there for the past three or four years, racing on many occasions. Uh, you know, we went that day. I probably shouldn't have went. My dad was in the hospital having a little bit of work done, but, you know, with COVID being here, uh, you know, I couldn't go to the hospital. So to keep my mind off of it, I decided I was going to go ahead and race. That's where he would want me to be anyway. So we went to the racetrack, and for some reason last year, we were fighting forward drive. I don't really know what the problem was, but we had been struggling a little bit with forward drive. That was about the third time we had been there last year. We had, uh, we've been pretty quick in practice. Uh, my wife was not at the track with us. My daughter, my oldest daughter, Cassie was, but my wife being back and forth on the phone with her, there would been an accident early, early on in the race. Uh, it caved the door and exhaust in on it. So we had went to the back of the pack. And I had told the guys I was just going to take my time coming back to the field and not push the envelope because I figured it was going to be another accident. Well, one lap in, there was another accident. The car in front of me, I think the quarter panel had gotten torn off of it, off of it in the first wreck. Uh, you know, we just come up off the corner, and up there the corners are so tight you can't see. And I couldn't see they were wrecking in front, you know, in front of the car in front of me. And then by the time I seen it, it was too late. We'd done touch tires and the car catapulted into the air, head on into the ball coming off turn four. You know, I was knocked out. I knew when I came to, I was hurt. Uh, I didn't realize how bad, uh, you know, the adrenaline was still flowing. I noticed uh, as soon as I come to, I couldn't lift my arms out of my lap. And I reached up, I tried to reach up, and I thought I was reaching up to pull the sternal off, and my arms weren't moving. Well, that scared me. Uh, about that time, two of my crewmen jerked the wind in that tail. And then I looked up, and I noticed the car was on fire, and they were trying to help me undo everything. Well, over about two or three minutes, over a two or three minute period, you know, I started moving around. I could feel my arms again, but they were still numb and tingling. Well, you know, they said they were going to cut the car apart to get me out. And I told him, I said, no, no, no. I said, you know, I'm one of these old school racers. I got to pay for this stuff out of my pocket. Nobody gives me nothing. So I said, I'll just get myself out. Well, they said, no. Well, I just reached up and pulled myself up out of the car and climbed out. Well, I knew I was hurt because the way my back and stuff and my neck was, I mean, it was still just all numb. They got me out, put me on a side-by-side and took me to a makeshift ambulance our hospital room there, which was a camper. By the time we got up in it, my daughter and my son-in-law was there. And, you know, I'm a big boy. I'm not like one of these little young kids now. <laughs> they, had a little, they had a little bitty table in there, and they wanted me to sit down, and I said, I can't sit down with that thing. I looked at my son-in-law, and I said, let's get out of here. I said, I'm ready to go home. Well, he just told everybody to get out of the way. I was coming out. 
I went back to the trailer, uh, proceeded to take my uniform and everything off. And my daughter was helping me pull the uniform and uh, everything off along with him. And he was standing behind me. And uh, he bent over and whispered in my ear. He said, hey, Derek, he said, you got a big knot on your neck. Well, by this time, my daughter asked what, we, what my son-in-law was whispered about, and she seen it, and they called her mama, and you know, then they proceeded to take me to Holston Valley Medical Center by ambulance, found out it was a basal skull fracture, hangman's fracture. Uh, I spent four days in ICU there, was told I would never race again. You know, my family's very upset that I went back. Uh, but they're happy with the run we had at Daytona. But anyway, three months, three months in a neck brace and uh, a lot of therapy. And, uh, you know, they finally come back and the doctor told me that it healed perfect. And actually the calcium builds up on both sides of the crack in the bone. And he said it's probably stronger now than what it was before. So I just thought I was going back racing again. And that was it. Like you did, you didn't have any second thoughts uh, after all of that. You had no second thoughts about jumping in a race car again. No, not really. I mean, it's, I've done it my whole life. I'm 48 years old. I started at a young age and it's just like a lot of people suck like roller skating, riding a bicycle. You know, it just, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, my kids and my wife are very upset. That bothered me more. That bothered me hurting them and my parents. You know, them being worried about me. But I just explained to all of them, hey, that's, that's me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I enjoy, do, enjoy doing. You know, I work, I work very long, hard hours to do what I want to do. And, you know, if something like that was to happen again and I didn't survive, they just need to understand that, you know, that's what I wanted to do. Did you explain it to them that way? And did, did it kind of help them understand that a little better after their initial reaction? Well, I mean, I explained it to them, but they still, they're still not happy. My mom and dad are wanting me to quit. Uh, you know, but I just, I'm not at the age that I want to quit yet. I told my wife somewhere around 50, I'll probably quit two or three years, but I'm going to have fun for the next two or three years. I'm going to run all the races I can run. And when I decide I'm done, I'll just sell everything and quit. Now, you know, coming back at a race like Daytona, Hold on, because not only is the first time he ever stepped in a co- back back in a car, it was at a test at Daytona. Yeah, going 183 miles an hour. That's interesting that you would like that you would do that. But I mean, you've you've raced speedway races, uh, Daytona, Talladega, and ARCA for quite a few years now. Um, was that more comfortable to you than say jumping in a car at a uh, at a local bullring type track? Well, I mean, you know, anybody that races understands, you know, once you once you do it, you know, it doesn't matter where you go back racing. You just, it's a feeling when you get in there, the competitiveness, you know, I don't know, it's, I, it's hard to explain the feeling that you get when you strap yourself in a race car. You know, a lot of people say, when you put that helmet on, you lose all common sense. <laughs> for me, it's not like that. I try. I try to be a smart racer because I've got to pay for my own stuff. That, that makes absolute sense. Uh, you know, to two guys sitting here who have yeah. not actually been, been in, in a, a real race yeah. car. Um, but to you know, fast forward after that test, and obviously after the test, did you know you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I can do this. Or were there any, any, anything uncomfortable or anything you had to adjust to? No, I mean. You know, I I knew as soon as the engine fired and I rolled out there the first time, I knew I was good to go. You know, it's just it's just a feeling and it's an adrenaline rush that, that nobody understands. You know, hey, there's a chance of everything. You know, I promise you the towing business that I own and run is more dangerous than, than driving that race car. There's a reason I got hurt at Kingsport and, you know, I'll kind of keep that to myself. You know, maybe the good Lord was trying to open my eyes. I've got three beautiful daughters, a beautiful wife, and I've got a grandbaby now that was born on my birthday. And I just, you know, I look at a lot of things different, but racing's been a part of my life for a long time, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. Well, let's 
then then let's talk about it because I was watching that race. Dave was watching that race. Yeah. Um, and we saw you up front at Daytona. Chance to win the race at the end of it. Ended up finishing sixth, tying your best career finish. Um, before we talk about your post-race interview, because I'm going to ask you about your post-race interview, um, talk about that race um, and and you know running up front and and doing being that successful in that race in your first race back. Well, I mean, a lot of preparation went into that deal. You know, I owe a lot of that to my all volunteer crew. You know, all my guys, every one of us work an eight to five job. Some of us work out of town. But when we come in here at five o'clock, now, hey, it may be, we're old school racers. We're not these, we weren't, none of us were given anything. My dad and mom wasn't rich people. Uh, you know, none of my, none of my buddies that we all do this together. None of us were raised rich. We all, we all work for what we have. Uh, these guys come in here and hey, there might be a whole lot of cold beer drinking here. But we don't drink until the car, until we're done working on the cars. Now, you know, nine, ten o'clock at night when we decide we're done, we might sit here and drink four or five beers a piece and then go home. You know, it's just, it's a different atmosphere for us. And I owe it all to them. We prepared these cars. I was, the first stop I made when I came back from the hospital was at my business and at my race shop. I never went home until I came here. Uh, I talked to all the guys and I told my crew chief fellow makers. I told him, I said, you go ahead and start working on stuff. I'll tell you what we're going to do and I'll tell you from home where I'll be here. But I think I missed a total of five full days of work when I got hurt. I was supposed to be three months. I didn't do, I didn't do the jobs that I've done in the past, but I came in here and, you know, I done the paperwork and I, you know, I told the guys what we needed to do. But preparation for everything that we've accomplished so far this year, and I know it's only been one race, but I think it's a huge accomplishment for my team, not only myself. These guys work very hard. And what is it about the ARCA? Because, I mean, I think that, and I think this, the, the answer is going to be similar to the one um, that we got from Big Willie Mullins. Uh, but why run the ARCA series? Well, it's a very competitive series. It's a stepping stone for the young kid. You know, it's hard for it's hard for a guy like me to get away three or four days a week to go. You know, we talked about building a truck, but it's hard for me to to run with those factory back teams, or you know, to run with uh, Kyle Bush. You know, you can't. You can't go and run with GMS and Kyle Bush in the truck series. We were very happy the way we ran in the ARCA series. Big Willie will explain to you, too. You know, you can buy the old motor in this division, put everything together with the knowledge of a good team, and then you can get a little help, you know, with some cup guys. If you've got some friends up the chain, uh, you know, some of the guys that helped me on Point Motorsports, Stephen Lane, uh, Charles Moles, he taught us a bunch about the tires. You know, then we've got Marcus Richmond. And having a spotter like Coleman Presley, you just, you got to put all the all the eggs in one basket. You can't just hit and miss on certain stuff to run good in the ARCA series. But the ARCA series is competitive. It's uh, it, You get to run a lot of the, the big tracks at the trucks, the Xfinity, the cup cars run. I mean, it's just, it's a fun series. You know, they, they actually said that you are a super speedway ace. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, okay, here's a kid from Christianburg, Virginia on a super speedway where aerodynamics is everything. How do you guys, I mean, because wind tunnel time is super expensive and I don't think you go out and get that. How do you make that car competitive enough and slick enough to go fast at, at Daytona and Talladega? Well, like I said, the chassis and the body, I had help with people who have cup experience. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got a guy that hangs some of our bodies, Timmy McKitchen at PBW in, in Mooresville, Huntersville, North Carolina area. You know, Stephen Lane, uh, a lot of people in the cup series know him. He was 
he was with a lot of prominent cup drivers. He had his own point motorsports now. Uh, and those guys at on point, Bones and Rick and, and, and Charles, they helped me a lot with, uh, with building this car. We didn't, no corners have been cut. And then we brought it back here and we fine tuned it, massaged on it through the winter. Then we took it back and, and put it on a pull down. We just made sure that everything's right on this car and, and there's no corners cut. I wanted to ask you this because when you went back to test, you had a very successful test, but you also dragged along with you uh, uh, a guy who won the national uh, weekly uh, the, uh, um, advanced auto parts weekly series national championship. I think I got that right. <laughs> Josh Perry, what's, Josh what, Perry. what's your relationship with Josh? Cause you, you actually brought a car for him to test uh, at the, at that Daytona test for Arca. So he could get ready for his Xfinity start. I can I can tell you a funny story about Josh when he first came. One of the first races that he showed up at Motor Mile uh, driving for Junior Motorsports. Bill uh, Junior's stepdad, Willie, was over the team back then. Uh, they had showed up to test. They were getting ready to, to go look for something at lunch and, uh, and I was getting ready to head out for lunch. Well, somebody had hollered that I was going to lunch. Well, the next thing I know, Willie jumps in the vehicle with me and goes with me to the to a local grocery store, which my wife's family owned, and we bought big buckets of chicken and took it back. Well, we all became friends. Well, the next night, that was on Friday. The next night, we raced on Saturday. Uh, I think I qualified third or fourth, and Josh had qualified third. I think I was fourth. Josh was third. Two or three other cars. I can't remember who was up front. But anyway, we got we got 20 laps into the race, and I was leading, and Josh was running second. We come up off the corner, and he turns me sideways. Well, you forget you forget that buddy you made yesterday. I stuck my hand out the window <laughs> and give him a salute up off the corner sideways. Well, after the race was over, I think I ended up finishing third. Yeah, Pulliam, Pulliam may have won. I can't remember exactly what happened. But, uh, it was either Pulliam or Philip won one. But after the race was over, Willie came on down there with Josh and said, uh, I told him, said, he messed with the crazy SOB. So don't, don't mess with him. He'd, he'd get turned. Well, I mean, from then on, we were all friends. Josh has got a lot of talent. I want to see him with an, an Infinity car. We put a car together. He and I talked three or four different times, and I said, he wanted to race it. We wanted him to race it. But you have to have funding to run these things. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford out of my pocket to run my car and his, too. You know, uh, if somebody wanted to put up the money for him to run that car, I would have let him run it in the race before the Xfinity. But I just, I wanted to see Josh do good, and I want to see him go far. And that's kind of how it turned out. He's a good cat. He really is. Yeah. I mean, just the... He as far as someone that you wouldn't expect it, but I mean, I think that's why he's stuck around junior motorsports so long is because he's such a great teacher as well and a mentor to the, to the younger drivers that are coming into that program over there at junior motorsports. And, you know, he, he has a wealth of knowledge and he's patient. He's very, he's kind he of like, he's got an even kill. Yeah. Low key, you know, that's what he, it seems like from a distance. Well, he's a, I think he's a great kid. Uh, you know, he's not a kid anymore. What is Josh now? 30? Yeah. Yeah. But he's a kid to me. But, you know, he's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's one of these kids that, you know, his daddy didn't sit there and fund everything for him. Josh had to work and he had to show his ability. He wasn't handed anything. You know, that's what's wrong with our sport today. Nobody, you know, Nobody's coming up. They don't stay in a series. They don't stay in a late model long enough to build a fan base. They're not, you know. Look at look at our attendance at races. Look at the fans are falling off. Yeah, you know, they're trying to move up so quick. They're they're not doing like a Harry Gant, a Ronnie Thomas, a Tim Richmond, uh, a Dale Earnhardt. They're not out here working an eight to five job and working on these cars at night. Their mom and daddies are funding these deals. They didn't get to where they're at like myself, or, or look at Josh, yeah. you know, he had to scratch and claw to get there. Look at Mike Looney, okay? 
Look at Lee Pulliam. Nobody, nobody walked in and handed them anything on a silver spoon. They had to work to get to where they're at. And I just, I don't know, I just look at it different. Some of these, some of these little rich kids that come into this deal and they don't even know how to do nothing but sit there and, and play on a video game and sit there and turn the stern wheel. If you ask them, you know, how to put cross or, or ballast or, or, you know, to check bump or, you know, anything like that in a race car, would they know? You know, you ask them how to set the toe, they wouldn't even know how to do that. Yeah, they, there there was a time in NASCAR's history where if you if to get into the Cup Series, you normally you were in your 30s by the time you got there. Mm-hmm. Now exactly. it seems now it seems like if you're 18, 19, 20 and you're not in the Cup Series, you sometimes I feel like you might have to forget it. You're, you're, you're missing the boat. Cause yeah. I think like, for example, I always go back to the example of, I think Dale Earnhardt won rookie of the year in the cup series when he was 30. Yeah. You know, that's ancient now by today's standards, um, which, which I, I had never thought of, uh, thought of Derek's point where at the local tracks, cause I always preach, you, you have to have an affinity for your favorite driver, yeah. no matter if you're at the local series or the cup series. And I never really thought about that. You know, fans don't have a chance to get to know these drivers because they're, because the really, really talented ones that are trying to move up are moving up too quickly. Yep. You're exactly right. You know, if, if and, you know, go ahead. the guys back in the day, you know, it's a little thing called respect. When I started, there were certain guys that you raced against. You know, nowadays these young kids show up, they just run down the corner, and if they can't pass you, they just knock the hell out of you and go on. Back in the day, if I were to run down the corner when I was 15 or 16 years old and just run in the back of somebody and knock them up a hill, you know what would happen when that race was over? Let's hear it. There'd been, there'd been 10 people standing around drinking beer, and the next thing you know, I'd have been strung up with my neck, with my neck up in the air. Somebody getting ready to knock a fire out of me. Yeah, I, I mean, no. we we told. We, in fact, this came up with Roy Hendrick last uh, last uh, week in our interview with him. Is that it's you know some some kids today, some drivers today have never had to re- you know really beat and bang and race clean to get a win. You know, nowadays if you put a, a donut on their door, you know they get mad. If they spin you, they don't get mad. You know, you, they they expect exactly. you not to get mad at them. And you know, yeah. back in the day, man, they used to. Uh, and you, I know you remember this, Derek. But if you wreck somebody, that guy might fix his car enough to get back out on the track and just tool around until you came either to his inside or outside, and he would turn you. It, you know. Well. There was, there was justice I'm, on the racetrack. Maybe not, it shouldn't have been, but there was a lot of justice handed out on a racetrack. You know, a lot of people don't understand it. You go back and look at Dale Jr.'s podcast, and you 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 watch the podcast between Dale Jr. and Rick Mast. Dale Sr. wrecked Rick Mast. Rick knew that he had to come back and return the favor. Whoever it was that Rick was driving for told him not to do it. Do not do it. Dale come apologizing. You know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if you got wrecked or if you wrecked someone, whether you were on the receiving end or the delivering end, you know, you knew it was coming. You know, myself and Mike Looney, I think both of us, we were very fierce competitors in the limited sportsman division at Motor Mile. We could come up off a corner and turn each other sideways. And we knew when we got down to the other end, whoever had turned who getting up off the corner on one end of the racetrack when you got down to the other end it was coming the favor was going to be returned but that's all called respect you know you better know what you're doing when you get to someone but you had to know but nowadays it doesn't matter you know these young kids getting in these ARCA cars for example they don't care they'll run down there and these cars two two hundred fifty thousand dollars a piece they'll run down in there and just turn you and tear the side out of a car you wreck one at Daytona nine times out of ten it's junk but, you know, they just, I think it's a lot of respect. These young kids aren't staying around long enough to build a fan base, just like I said. And NASCAR needs to sit back and look at this. Maybe change the age. You know, it's fine to say, hey, NASCAR now owns the ARCA series. 
they listen to these guys run late models. You know, they can get in a late model now, what, when they're 12 or 14? Okay, go and put them in a late model. But tell them they got to run a late model until they're 18. Then leave them in the ARCA series. Help these series along. You know, tell them, say, hey, you need to run the ARCA series till you're 20, 21. Then let them get in a truck and then progress. Don't just, don't take these kids that have a lot of money and say, hey, well, daddy's dollar is going to get me in this cup ride right here. And that's where, where we're going to go because they haven't stayed long, around long enough to build a fan base. Nobody knows who they are when they got there, when they get there. So why are they going to go to the racetrack and cheer for them? Why are they going to buy their souvenirs? I, I, I we we you're preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> I, I should say, get up on that pulpit and start preaching, <laughs> preach it, that, I mean, Derek, because I mean we we say it all the time. That that kind of takes me into your post race interview after the uh, after the Arca race because you were very passionate and you know a lot of people saw that and 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 now it might be fans of you who who never knew who you were before. Um, where did that uh, where did that interview come from? Because um, it looked like it came from the heart. Well, you know, it meant a lot to me to run as good as we did. We've always been very successful on the speedway stuff. Uh, you know, my sponsors, I owe a lot of my racing to my sponsors. And I've, I've met a lot of great people in racing, and it, it just it meant a lot to me. You know, like I said in my post-race interview, RGM director is Bob Milton. He and I have been friends since back in the late 80s, early 90s. He sponsored Ronnie Thomas. Uh, he laughs to this day that I was this little wild kid that come around the shop that didn't care. I would throw rocks at him and do everything, anything to to break the monotony. You know, I was just always picking and carrying on with them and then they were picking with me and when Ronnie decided he was going to quit, there was a year or two there that Bob helped other people and then he came on with me. He's been with me ever since. He's like, he's like a, an uncle to me or another father. My, nobody will ever replace my dad. My dad is my everything. But, uh, you know, he's with me everywhere I go racing and, and you know, me and my wife have been there, my family, my kids, and my, my parents. Uh, my new grandbaby couldn't go with me to Daytona, so it was hard on me. If you could have seen the pictures and the videos of them on the couch at my oldest daughter's house, you know, jumping up and down when I was leaving all three of them and, and a new grandbaby being there, it just, you know, I was emotional when, when I got out because they weren't there. Uh, you know, Tam Topham from Mark Four. Me and Tam have been friends for a long time. He's helped me get to this. My son-in-law's construction business, Absolute Construction. Uh, they helped me. He, he and his father, uh, Eric and Derek Woody. You know, I own Total Car Care and Towing. I own Total Car and Truck Service. We own Total Tire and Automotive. You know, it's just a lot of people put in a lot of long hours and a lot of hard work. American record sales. Uh, those guys, I buy some of my tow trucks off of them. Uh, I bought two rollbacks off of them last year in a rotator, uh, 75 ton rotator. So they come on board to help us in, and, and we're, we're all friends. Bobby Phillips from New River Recycling. He's a lifetime friend. I've known him for 25 or 30 years. And, and everybody wants to see certain people succeed, but they're not that little, they're not that rich kid that, you know, doesn't have to care. They don't have to get out here and work. I kind of told my guys, they asked me after it was over, we were having a few adult beverages. And they said, what would you have done if you had been lucky enough to win? I said, well, I promise you one thing. I wouldn't have went down there and done a burnout. <laughs> they said, do what? And I said, I would, and I won't. I learned my lesson. When I won at Kingsport, I don't want to screw a motor up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I will just. I've, I've got my own thing. If I'm ever lucky enough to win an ARCA race, you won't see me do a burnout because I'm not going to be hard on my equipment because nobody gives me anything. I'm not. You know, it's just an emotional deal for me. And I can do it different ways. I can do different stuff. I don't, I'm not going to sit there and tear a transmission or a rear end or a motor up. I'm not going to do it because I've got to pay to replace it. Was there ever a, I mean, was there ever a point in that race where in your mind you're going, oh my God, I have, I've, I've got a good shot at this. You know, I had, 
I had Marcus Richmond on the on the pit box. I had Coleman Presley in my ear spotting. We knew from the test that we had a good shot. I told everybody before we ever left Christiansburg, I'd rather be lucky than good. Any day of the any day of the week in racing, I'd rather be lucky than good. Uh, because racing is ninety percent luck, five percent equipment, two percent. You know, it's just it's a lot of different variables there. But you you've got to be lucky. You've got to be there at the end. And and we knew we had a shot. I hate to caution come out with four to go because. Uh, Mark McFarlane, which was Ty Gibbs's crew chief, Ty Spotter, my spotter, Marcus, everybody had done been in my ear and said, hold back, hold back, wait till three to go, three to go. He said, when you come off two, coming to three to go, we're going to get you to lay back three or four car links. And when we get to the line with three to go, you two are going to the front. So, you know, mm-hmm. we just, we had a lot of, we had a lot riding on the race, but you know, it was just, it was a shame that things didn't work out the way that they wanted to. We knew at the end when we were fourth and you had three fast cars lined up on the bottom, really four, you had four fast cars lined up on the bottom. The 15 had the nose tore off of it pretty much. He was on the inside and the teammate on the outside. We knew as soon as, as soon as we got past the start finish line, the 15 was going to drag right like the 20 in. I only made one mistake. I was thinking about tearing our equipment up more than I was winning the race. I should have went on and stuck a nose up the back of the 20 and shoved him, and if he had tried to jump in with the 15, he would have turned him and the 15, and then I went on to the front. You know, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, and it's respect as well for the other drivers. Now, you know, after yeah. after uh, such a... You had a great start to 2021. After a... I don't want to say miserable 2020, but with COVID and everything that happened to you, you got to be really excited because now that racetrack that's 15 minutes down the street from you is going to be open again. Well, I'm very excited for Motor Mile. We've got two new cars uh, ready to go for Motor Mile. Uh, you know, the only thing I hate, we start Motor Mile April the 11th, and then we come back and we run the 24th. Well, April the 24th is the same day as, as Talladega. So, you know, I know I can't be back. The only way I could be back is if, you know, I had somebody else test the car, and then I would show up. I could fly back in here or something. That's the only way I could make it back. Uh, we'll decide between now and then, depending on how we run the 11th. At Motor Mile, but I know we'll be in Talladega on the twenty fourth. Uh, but you know, I got a lot of friends got airplanes too, so we might see what happens. Good, good to have friends with airplanes. I was going to say I need uh, some of your friends. <laughs> um, I might, ha- I might, ha- I might have to sweet talk my friend Clay Campbell. Oh, there you go, oh, my boy Clay. Yeah. I, I know Clay. Hey, I'm about to and give me a fly back. Yeah, hey, talk about that. How do you, I, how, be, how do you know? To Clay, be honest I'm, with you. Clay drove my ARCA stuff for two years. He leased our ARCA car, I mean, our late model cars. He, uh-huh. he leased our late model cars for two years. Clay and I have always been friends when, from when I was very young running mini stock at, at Motor Mile. Clay also ran mini stock. And if anybody knows Clay Campbell, there's nobody in racing that is a better man than Clay Campbell. Clay is, Clay is a first, he's first class no matter what he's doing from if he's walking into Martinsville Speedway, he does it first class. If he's going to race, he's going to do it first class. Uh, In the father that Clay is, he's first class. You know, we all make mistakes, but I got to be friends with Clay at an early age. Then when he came and drove my late model stuff, then he started telling me, he said, Hey, come on, you got to go try this ARCA deal out. I said, Clay, I said, you're going to get me way above my race. He said, Derek, it ain't that bad. It ain't that bad. Just just try it, try it. So then I ended up becoming friends with Danny Glad, which was an engine builder for Alan Kowicki and the Woods Brothers. Danny and I ended up being friends. And Danny said, oh, it ain't that much to it. Let's do it. So I went and bought a car, and Danny bought the motors. 
Well, the first time we went to Daytona, we ran a Dodge. Uh, we went out to practice, and, and we had some, you know, we were struggling. The first time I'd ever been on a speedway, and I asked two or three different drivers, you know, if they would help me get approved. No, 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 we can't take a chance with a rookie getting her stuff tore up. I said, listen, I'm not going to get your stuff tore up. Well, they kind of had some few choice words for me, and, and they wouldn't help me get approved. Well, I think Clay and Kenny Schrader, Clay was driving for Kenny Schrader at the time. Clay helped me. Uh, and again, we ended up being the fastest car at that test on a, on a Saturday. You know, we weren't the fastest on Friday, but we were fastest on Saturday, the first time I was there. Well, this certain driver that, that wouldn't help me get approved, after we went to the top of the board, he comes running over there. Before I ever get out of the car, hey, when you go out again, I want to go with you. <laughs> well, I had a few choice words with him, but <laughs> I don't want to say on the air. But I told him if I wasn't good enough for him to help me, then I'm not good enough to help him. You know, racing is but, all about uh, relationships. It, it is exactly. an absolute all about relationships. And, and and usually the relationships that you build, the good ones, it's like, it, it's more like family than it is friendship. It is, exactly. There's, I've had, I've made some great friends in racing, people that I will remain friends with when I'm done for years to come. And you know, sometimes on a racetrack, You'll do things that you shouldn't do to a friend. Uh, but once you take a helmet off and you both talk about it, and over time, time will heal a lot. Uh, you know, then you become, it comes to a point where you, know, you realize those people are like family to you. You spend a lot of time with them. The officials, you know, you're going, you're going, you're not going to agree all the time. I mean, Growing up, did you agree every time with your mom and dad or your mom or your siblings? Nope. No. Okay. The guys on the racetrack, are you going to agree with the officials? Is that like your mom and dad? No, you're not going to agree with them all the time. Say your your fellow competitors. You know, those could be like your siblings. You're not going to agree with them all the time. But on the other hand, you're going to be friends with them. Things are going to happen. You know? I remember one time me and my brother wreck each other on go karts on a bicycle or something. You're gonna be you're gonna fuss, but after the point, you know, after after it's over, you're still brothers. You damn right about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was sitting, sitting. I was sitting compartmentalizing that, like thinking about me and m- myself and my sister. One time, I destroyed her on a swing set. Like you know, went sideways and and. Tore up pretty good. 20 minutes later, we were fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, same on the racetrack. On the racetrack that you'll keep forever. Absolutely. Um, Derek, we can't uh, thank you enough for uh, being with us today and telling these stories. Because I know after watching your interview, especially after your run at Daytona, I wanted to hear more about uh, that story and your story. And we want to learn a little bit more about you in our Racing Virginia Rapid Fire um, segment that we do. So we're going to ask you a couple questions and give you a couple opinion or give you a couple options, and uh, we'll see what you think. How about that? Okay, sounds good to me. All right, Derek, what is your favorite food? Uh, I would probably say hibachi grill. Me too, man. That's Japanese so, takeout. That's so Japanese good. Takeout. Uh, what's your favorite non-racing sport? Mm, probably college football. Who's your favorite actor? Tom Cruise. Blondes or brunettes? Well, hell, that's simple. Look at my kids. Look at my wife. Blondes. <laughs> uh, asphalt or dirt? Uh. Dirt's for farm and asphalt. Come on now. (laughs) Come on. Gee whiz. I could have swore it was the other way. Dogs or cats? Nah. Well, that's pretty simple. I've got two chocolate labs and I live on the lake and here it is 25 degrees here, 30 degrees and and they're still in the damn water so it's got to be dogs. That's that's right. Uh, What's the best board game of all time? Mm. Can I say it on the air? Maybe. Yeah. Twi- Twister. 
Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Would you rather be outside or inside? Outside, most definitely. All right. What is your favorite racetrack in all of racing Virginia? It would have to be Martinsville. I love Motor Mile. I like, you know, back at Lonesome Pine, Franklin County Speedway growing up. But, you know, Martinsville, just the prestige of Martinsville and the beauty of Martinsville. And now this could be a race you competed in, watched, or otherwise helped out at, or whatever. But what is your favorite race of all time? It would have to be April the 7th, 2004. The first race that I ever won after I built my own car from scratch along with friends and showing up at the racetrack, sitting on the pole, he'd never laugh and winning with my dad, with the look on my dad's face. So where was that? Motor mile. Nice. Who was your toughest rival on a racetrack ever? I had a lot. I had a lot. You know, it would have to be Mike Looney. All right. Wasn't that rapid, but we got some good answers yeah, but, out of him. You know, Love he, it. He, he, mentions, <laughs> he mentions something there that's kind of interesting. The, the, especially asphalt racing out in the western part of the state is yeah. having a resurgence. Yeah. Lonesome Pines back. Back to asphalt, back to racing, uh, motor mile, yep. back to racing. Franklin County had a what could be considered a a monumental year for them last year with Langley Austin at the helm. So, uh, you know, asphalt racing in the western part of the state is very healthy. Would that be correct? Somebody's beeping in on me. Oh no! You know, I said the late model racing in the western part of the state is really. Uh, healthy right now with Lonesome Pine, Motor Mile, and Franklin County all racing. You know, I'm anxious. I'm very anxious this year to see how Motor Mile, see how Motor Mile does. I'm very anxious to see, uh, I'm very anxious to, you know, to see how Langley does with Franklin County. You know, Lonesome Pine, they'll do good. I think people are tired of being home. And, and they want to get out and see racing. So I look, I look for racing this year to really grow and, and go. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the same thing, especially with fans not being able to be at racetracks. Maybe they, you know, because some sometimes you get complacent when you've been able to do mm-hmm. something for a long, long time and it's always yep. there. Yep. Absence that, makes the heart, heart grow fonder. Maybe that means that once the doors are open, the, uh, the, they'll, you know, the fans will flood the gates and, and pack the grandstands. Because the one thing that we try to do here, Derek, at the Racing Virginia podcast is promote our sport here in the state, no matter what kind of racing it is, drag racing, you know, oval, road course, dirt, asphalt. Doesn't it, matter. Dirt does matter, by the, by the way. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, hey, hey, everybody has their preference. Yeah. yeah. They do. You know, my, my uncle was a drag racer. I never yeah. cared for it. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's exactly, I always, I, I, I'm yeah. hoping, that's what I'm hoping yeah. is that, the you know, the fan, whatever, whatever your racing persuasion and, that and, you get to, you know, you go and you support whatever type of racing that you that you love at your local track this year. You know, and I want fans, I want asphalt pa- fans that are diehard asphalt fans to go and watch a dirt race one time. I know you if, do. If you've never been, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you've I never know. been, go taste it, you know. And and if you go to a dirt track, you can definitely taste it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Exactly. Look, look, I'm sorry. I, I've been. I, I grew up at, at at asphalt tracks. I announced at South Boston Speedway, and I will tell you, there are certain places. Turn three at, uh, at turn four at Southside. Turn two at Southside. If you sit in those corners, when you leave there, you will have so much black dust on you that uh-huh. it is hard to get off of you and from I, the tire. And I love that. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you my story real quick. My uh, one of my first dirt track experiences was at, at Eldora. We went to uh, went to the sprint car race there, and. I watched as my can of Coke accumulated around the rim. It's a good thing. Like it, I remember, and getting home after a four-hour car ride. 
from that race and washing all that dirt and stuff off of me. And I loved every second of it because I, it, it was memorable. It, it, it stuck with well, me. Eldor can get a little dusty. I'm yeah. sorry. That, that's the way they prep the track and yeah. have prepped it I loved for all it. their life. I loved it. Come to Virginia Motor Speedway. We, we, we might have a little, little dust, but we don't have that much dust. My point being is that, <laughs> is that, is that racing sticks with you yeah. literally and figuratively. True, true. No matter what. Uh, and you can go to a drag strip and still the yeah. same thing. Uh, it just, it just happens. Derek, man, we can't thank you for taking uh, some time out of your very busy schedule, especially after I learned your own three companies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, to, uh, to visit with us on, uh, on this morning and um, welcome to the racing Virginia family. Uh, it will not be the last time you come back and, and talk with us. So uh, good luck uh, this season. And I, I will tell you this, the good Lord had his hand on your shoulder uh, I think so too. last year. And uh, because that particular injury is what, how we lost Dale senior. So I know for a fact, the good Lord had his hand on your shoulder. So yeah. every I thank you all. I thank you all. I thank yeah. you all for inviting me to the show. And then, you know, anything I do for you in the future, just let me know. And, uh, yeah. you know, it means a lot. I mean, that accident was, was very, you know, I think about it every day and, and, and thank you to everyone for your thoughts and prayers and and I'm back and we'll just see what happens from here. And, and, and by the way, you have a beautiful grandbaby. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I, she I, is and beautiful. I, and I say that because I got I my my first grandbaby, she turns two next week. And I noticed that you and your wife are called the same thing that me and my papa and Gigi. That's so yeah, Gigi and Papa. Yep. So <laughs> you're cool, baby. You're cool. <laughs> when I tell my wife, hey, I tell my wife we're gonna make her call her granny, not Gigi. Oh no. <laughs> that was the one thing that was the one thing uh my wife, she I mean she you know, she yeah. uh, she's in her forties and and uh, she's like, Man, I don't know if I want to be a grandma. So <laughs> she I said, Well, we gotta come up with some cool names. Uh -huh. I wanted to be called G Paw or something. I was trying to go off the Dave, off you are course not cool there. enough to be called G Paw. <laughs> I wanted to go off course with it, but I, I ended up uh, her father, uh, my wife's father was called Papa. And uh when he passed away, it was decided that that was what I was going to be called and and I wear I take that uh title proudly, man. I, I wear it proudly. But uh congratulations. Well, Berkeley, and uh Berkeley is a month old today and, oh, and oh. you know, you know, I dedicated that race to her and and to her month old birthday. So happy birthday to Berkeley and uh you know, she if you look at her, <laughs> all three of my kids were beautiful like that and and she is, she's beautiful to us. And thank you all for the compliment. Man, uh, thanks again. And we look forward to talking to you, buddy. All right. Thank y'all. What a great kid. Absolutely. I can say that. I was going to say, he's older than I am. I don't get to call him a kid. Because he was saying kid. I'm like, yeah. oh God, a kid. Uh -huh. I can say he's a kid. And he's saying, oh Lord. He's I'm saying like, Josh Berry's a kid. I am so old. Lord have mercy. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't even consider Josh Berry a kid. Josh Berry and I are all, he's 30, I'm 35. So it's, it's, it's funny. The, the stories you get on how people, who would have thought, I mean, and I, it, it should have dawned on me that him and Clay, you know, yeah. might've been, might be close because mm -hmm. they raced at the same track, sure. about the same age. And, yep. and I will tell you this, you know, he, he was correct. Clay Campbell, one of the nicest guys you ever oh, want my to gosh, And I'm not yes. just saying that because he's vice president of what, the Mid-Atlantic? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Clay Campbell has never changed mm -hmm. from the first time I met him from just working under Clay Earls at Martinsville to becoming the president of Martinsville Speedway. Mm -hmm. And then, then after that, becoming vice president of the Mid-Atlantic for NASCAR. Mm -hmm. He has never changed. He is the same guy. We, you know, whenever we, whenever we get to, uh, to talk, man, he is asked the same questions and, you know, he loves that, but he loves that plane, man. He yeah. loves flying, flying that plane. Gets him to A and B, yeah. A to B very quickly. Because <laughs> people don't realize, I'm, man, like if we want to go to a race out yeah. in Ro near Roanoke and, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, Lonesome Pine, it's like a seven-hour drive. Yeah. Six to seven-hour drive mm -hmm. for us here. Sure. 
it, it's a that's a it, long way. At seven hours. I seven hours it. is a big is a if big I, hike. If I go to south, if I go south, I can get into warm climates in seven hours. Oh, easily. <laughs> You're like in South Carolina by that point. Uh, probably Georgia. Yeah, probably Georgia. Yeah. Somewhere right at right at the line somewhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, great kid and what a great story. You know, we talk about it all the time about the, the number of great uh, folks around us. But to hear his story about, I mean, he came seriously close to not being around us. Sure. And uh, so I was, you know, to, to have him be able to tell that story and be as passionate and you, and you see that even a horrific accident that almost takes your life can't derail you if, right. you, you know, from your passion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for anything that absolutely. You know, I mean, you look at football players, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Look at Alex Smith. Yeah. <laughs> the poor guy almost oh lost God. his leg. Yeah. And he comes back last year yeah. for, with the Washington Redskins. Yeah. Football team. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, Washington football team. Uh, in my head. Dollar all, in a jar. Yeah. A dollar in a jar. Whatever. Uh-huh. Whatever. Uh, the Washington dead football team. It, no, they did pretty good this year. They did. They made the playoffs, man. Yeah. I, I like I like their new coach. Yeah. So Riverboat Ron. Yeah. But when you grow yeah. up a Dallas Cowboy fan, yeah. like I did. You hate you kinda hate the Washington football team. Well, I'm a Giants fan, so well, I hate you too. Yeah, I know. I hate you back. No, um When's the last time look, you won a Super Bowl? A long time ago. Nineteen ninety five. I know, I know. So too long. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I I do also pull for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Like, what's wrong with you, man? Well, like, you picked a couple of losers. No, my, my wife's from Florida. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And so that's my AFC team. Yeah. Although, uh, I kind of, well, see, I couldn't adopt Tampa Bay where she really kind of yeah. lived. Uh, she, she was born in Jacksonville. Okay. <laughs> you, you just man, can't. She's I, don't know, I don't know if you want to pull for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well. Well, I don't know. know. Urban Meyer, baby. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to do. I think he's going to do well. You think, you think? I have a feeling that With that team, I have a feeling that that team is going to have a huge turnaround. Okay. Cause he's going to, he's going to draft and, and well, bring in some people players. People forget a few years ago, they were a couple plays away from making a damn Super Bowl. True. And then should have felt, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bad call. Yeah. Gave Tom Brady another one. Yep. Should have, they <laughs> yeah. should have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, uh, we, we digress. We, this is not a football show. <laughs> we, we might start a football show. Good. <laughs> oh, but a lot of, a lot of great stuff going yeah. on around, uh, around, uh, racing Virginia. Lots yeah. of, lots of, uh, schedules coming out. Yep. And a lot of hope for yeah. the future now that, uh, um, looks like, uh, based on the numbers, pandemics get a little bit better under control. Yeah. And we got, uh, uh, after April 1st, 30% capacity you know, with, and, with and potential if you for think more about later. It, and if you think about it, although I would like to see it better, most, you know, like if you look at Langley, South Boston, mm-hmm. Virginia, West Speedway, the size grandstands. Yeah. 30% is a healthy number. Yeah. And in most cases, the weekly tracks aren't seeing packed houses every week. Yeah. So it's, it's getting back to almost normal, mm-hmm. eh, you know, a little bit. Sure. I mean, special events and stuff obviously are, you know, have a yeah. lot more folks, but. And hopefully but at least by we can do later in the year, we can have yeah. more. Yeah. Wear your mask. Yeah. Wear your mask, social distance, be a, be a good neighbor to, yeah. to your that's fellow all, human beings. All and you then we do. can get back racing normal, baby. That's all you got to do. That's cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you want more information, check out raceinvirginia.com. We have a bunch of stuff. Schedules mm-hmm. will be coming up on there. Uh, we've got news. We've also, uh, by the way, if you have a track, uh, and we don't care what kind, send us your press releases. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Info and, at racingvirginia.com. Yeah. E- even if it's just the results. Yeah. Because results are just as good as a press release. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Cause that's what anybody, nobody reads a press release. Anyway, they yeah. go right straight to the results. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course we have some great columns, Randy Hallman. Yep. Randy. So, and they go back four years, by the way, folks. So uh, raceinvirginia.com. Also, if you have a question and you don't want to DM us on our social media and ask us through there, you yep. can use info at racingvirginia.com again. Absolutely. You can. And uh, Randy's latest column, a toast to Ted and T Nelson, Ted Harefield. Um, and uh, Ted, yeah, sorry. And, and T Nelson Saunders, um, two of his uh, late friends who recently passed. And by the way, the last 
three interviews are doing very well. Mm-hmm. Last year, last week's did very well too. Mm-hmm. And I think this one's going to do good. Yep. So he's got a great story and that's what we want. Yep. If you have a suggestion, let us know. Help program the show. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It really <laughs> is hard to program the show. Yeah. You just don't know which direction to go. We, we, we've been sticking around the, uh, oval track stuff. Mm-hmm. Got a, got a, step out of our comfort zone. <laughs> well, our friend Tyler's been overseas. Yeah, we probably need having, to have him back on. He's just been so, having a good, good time. Just so we can have it. Cause they, they got a lot of announcements have come. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, they have been knocking it out of the park. BMP has the, the whole staff, just the, the announcements they've had for the, they got a, uh, if you've never been to VMP to a, a drag race. And I know some people go, Oh, drag racing. Uh, I'm telling you, it's, it, it really is a, a phenomenal facility and they have some really good special events coming up mm-hmm. that, that are paying really hefty money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I looked at one uh, radio versus the world or something like that. It was paying $20,000 to win a big event. That is a big event for, yeah. for drag racing. So, and of course, NHRA. Yes. Coming back. Coming back. And John oh, force racing's back this oh, year too. Yeah. Oh Yeah. He took a year off. Yeah. Try to rejuvenate. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? Uh, social media. Brandon. At Racing Virginia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We got the YouTube channel. And check us out. Uh, listen to uh, your uh, favorite podcasting platforms. We're on there. Dave, what's yours? We suggest Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Only because they have ratings and reviews. Yep. I don't know if any of the other ones do. And Spotify, Spotify don't have it. No, yeah, so. you just, just but you follow. Can, but if you like Spotify and you have a Spotify membership, we're on Spotify. If you have Google, uh, Google Podcasts, mm-hmm. that we're on there. Amazon. Amazon, which yeah. is the, on the Audible. Ask Alexa. She'll she'll take you right she'll to us. She'll hang out with, yeah. Uh, and uh, iHeartRadio, which is huge. They're the largest mm-hmm. podcasting platform in the world. And we there. And we there. Cool. But, uh, we could, we've been approved for a lot of stuff. We're, we're important. I don't know about that, but we can't thank uh, Derek Lancaster for taking the time to visit with RVP. Man, we really appreciate that time. Yep. Uh, great interview. And you, the listener, for downloading this podcast. We really w- would appreciate it if you'd share it with your friends so that we can grow this show and continue to promote racing here in the state of Virginia. For Brandon Brown... I'm Dave C. Reminding you to keep racing, Virginia.